Welcome to a very special episode of Round Guy Radio's Eichelberger Farms of Wayland, Iowa presents Coach Edeker of the Waco Warriors, who has just been named the eight-man football coach of the year for the state of Iowa. Welcome to the program, Coach. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. Well, after talking to you uh, before we got on the air and talking to uh, Mike Parkinson, uh, uh, you guys both wanted to really talk about all the other people, your assistant coaches, your players, the parents that support you, things like Eichelberger Farms that sponsor your team and, and help bring the best, you know, in this coffin center that you got. There's just a whole lot of community and other people that helped uh, you get to the top of the mountain and uh, uh, a well-deserved award. You really, you really coached great and uh, you, you got the best out of your players and you were able to find ways to use all of them in ways that they could be productive. Uh, so uh, why don't you just go ahead and just tell us about some of the coaches, parents, players, sponsors, administ- you know, athletic directors, and everybody that, that helped make this season what it was for the Waco Warriors. I can do that. Uh, you know, I'm honored to get the award. Um, and actually everybody from Wayland that's listening to this knows that I'm not a big toot my own horn guy I was really sort of surprised when you texted me and said hey I'd like to do this interview I was trying to keep this as as quiet as possible um but you're exactly right this is a a, a staff award um you know I get the credit because I'm the head coach and I'm you know that's the name that always gets set but you know we had six coaches on our staff I was just one of the six um and they do a great job you know we can start with with Chase Roth who's our defensive coordinator he's probably the most visible of the the rest of them just because he you know he calls the defenses and he's he's right there in the in the front plus you know chase was a pretty good player here at waco himself so he's he's very well known in the area um you know he just did a really good job with the defense um you know he started over defense coordinator about two and a half three years ago and just did a real nice of transforming what we were trying to run and not doing a very good job of running and did a very good job of of making a few adjustments. Um, you know, the big thing was I really liked playing zone behind it, and I sort of forced him the first couple, first year or so, to play the zone behind it. And you know, this last couple of years, he's really said, "Hey, you know what? We have the athletes to play man. We can play man behind it. We can make our front six play the run and let our our two corners cover." Uh, we had our linebackers with with uh, Loudon and, and Simeon that were able to cover slot guys, and he just really made some really nice adjustments. Uh, not a big change from what we were doing before, but just allowed us to play uh, more physical up front, uh, put a few more guys in the box, and still cover. You know, and that scheme only works for him because our athletes are what they are. Uh, you know, we we have a, a good set of athletes right now. And, you know, we ran a very, very similar screen to this several years ago, and, and we weren't as successful. Um, but Chase does a really good job relating to the kids. Uh, he gets them to play uh, in a manner that, that we want, you know, all out and aggressive and, and attacking and, and does a really nice job with that. He coaches our linebackers and our D-backs also, not D-backs, running backs. Um, you know, he, he, he's the big part of having, you know, we talk about Drew Deers always having, um, knowing where everything's at, you know, knowing this formation is going to do this and what we're going to run out of this and knowing the offense uh, that we're facing. And Chase did a good job of getting Drew 
taught there. And it doesn't matter who we have at Mike next year. Chase will do a, a great job of getting that person ready to go and, and, and get everybody lined up and, and everything. And, and he's done a really, really good job with that. Um, you know, Scott Meth is our, is our head JV coach, but he's also our, also our offensive line and our nose guard coach. And I know that sounds very, you know, weird for a, for a eight man school to have a nose guard coach, but we run a three man line. We have two defensive line coach and, and Scott just works with the nose guards. Uh, you know, gives a lot of, that gives us a lot of uh, individual attention on that one position. Uh, you know, an offensive line, you know, we've been a, a run heavy team here, you know, two years ago, we switched to a, to a, a double team zone style, um, attacking defense you know we, we got our offense we got away from our wing t stuff and went more to just a zone scheme and, and scott has taken that all on and done a great job of coaching our offensive line uh you know we've had some very good offensive linemen over the last couple of years and, and scott's been able to take those guys and really get them going in the right direction uh has really adapted to this new scheme really well uh he does a, does a great job there uh, and like I said, he does a great job for our JV. Also, our JV's had some success for the last couple of years. He does a nice job of running the offense there. Um, it's sort of funny how you get different, you get different schemes. You know, we have the same playbook. We use the same risk cards, but if you go to a JV game and you go to a high school a varsity game, that how it's called differently and just how he play, he has plays that he likes and I have plays that I like and he does a great job of keeping it uh, entertaining for the kids and they, they have fun at the JV games and they're successful um and just does a really good job of that and you know jason sutton who is our other uh defensive line coach coaches defensive ends for us and he did a great job with with colton and ty and and chase and and cole slept out there some you know he did a great job with those defensive ends and and getting them uh more than just going full speed you know technique uh he was he was big on working technique and making sure they knew what they were supposed to do and how they were supposed to do it and, and, you know, he did a great job with Jonah Clark last year. Uh, just does a really nice job uh, coaching those defensive ends. And he helps uh, Scott out on the JV team. He's the defense coordinator for the JV. He runs the defense on JV. Does a really nice job there of getting all the kids in, making sure everybody gets playing time. Does a nice job defensively uh, getting them where they need to be. And sometimes in JV that's tough. Uh, you know, you get, you know, get some freshmen and sophomores that aren't, haven't played a whole lot and don't have a whole lot of aggression to them and be able to get them in positions that they can help the team and, and, and be good. He does a really nice job of that. You know, he also coaches our tight ends on offense. Um, you know, it's a lot of the same kids, you know, our defensive ends and our tight ends are, are usually similar kids, similar body types. And he does a nice job of coaching those guys and, and, and getting us where we need to be, you know, and then we got uh, two guys, Darren Edeker and Alex Cardenas, uh, who coach our D-backs and our wide receivers. And Alex also helps with the junior high team. Actually, he's a, a, a paid assistant on the junior high team, so he only gets there late at practice. And when our junior high isn't practicing, like preseason, or um, you know, once the junior high season was over and we were in our playoff run, so last six weeks we were, we were lucky to have him full-time. Uh, those two do a great job with our D-backs. Uh, you know, I listen to your show all week, all year, and you always talk about how many turnovers we have and how many interceptions and, and what they do. And, yes, the, the, the players do have athletic ability and get there, but those two coaches do a great job of working fundamental footwork, right position, uh, getting kids to turn their hips the right way, getting kids to see where they're supposed to see so that they can be in position to make those picks. 
and, and they just do a, a wonderful job of that. You know, D-backs really are, you know, where they really shine. Uh, you know, that, that really allows us to go and play that man-to-man defense that Chase wanted to play. Uh, you know, and as a group, those guys just do a great job on defense. Uh, you know, you take it on the offensive side, those two work with our wide receivers, and they do a great job. You know, we haven't been a very pass-happy. You know, we, a couple of years ago when Nick Coble was throwing, we threw the ball every down, and, and they were still coaching receivers at that time, too, when we were catching it. You know, this year we really worked at, at throwing the ball more. They did a good job working routes, making sure we're catching with our hands. All the little things that – you know, can go by the wayside if you don't have those coaches out there. You know, if if it's just me down at that end working running backs and quarterbacks and receivers all at one time, you know, I can only coach one guy at a time and it only takes so much. When you got three guys down there and they're working with each individual receiver as he comes off the route and, and adjusting his route and working on his hands and, and little things like that that they are very meticulous on. Now, both of those are really good at, you know, finding the little things and, and adjusting things. And then on top of that, those two are our video guys. Um, you know, they they run our sideline camera, they our end zone camera, and our sideline iPads. Uh, they do all our taping. They don't, you know, they take care of all of that. Uh, I used to try to do all that, and it just really weighed me down on game nights. And two years ago, I just said to those two, you guys just set it up. All I want is when the game starts, I want the iPad on the sideline so I can see it. And I want the tape after the game so I can watch it. And those two have done a great job of just taking that over. Uh, they understand it completely. They get our end zone camera set up. They get our, our tapes right where we're supposed to be. Uh, you know, a lot of our coaching off of tape comes specifically from them. Um, you know, and they do a great job of that. You know, so when you look at this as, as being a, a coach of the year, I'd, I'd really say this is coaching staff of the year. Uh, they did a great job. And, and those five guys have done everything in the world that, that helps me get this award. It could just be the whole city of Wayland's award, really. I mean, as much as they support you or the whole community, I know it's more than just Wayland. But, uh, well, uh, I, right. think, I think some of the downside uh, to uh, the success in this winning is uh, I'm afraid some other high schools are going to come uh, offer your coach, your assistant coaches some head coaching jobs somewhere. Uh, they could. But I tell you what, the nice thing about our coaching staff is it's it's pretty – Waco-centric. Uh, you know, like I said, Chase played here. Uh, his family lives here. He's raising a family here. He has two boys, Miles and Ellis, that are that are at every game. Um, I, They could, but I don't see Chase leaving here anytime soon. Uh, Scott Meth is, is a graduate of Waco who moved away, coached at Sigourney, uh, had a head job in, in northwest Iowa, has moved back to the area, lives in Olds. Um, I don't see him going too many places. Uh, Jason Sutton is a retired uh, Henry County Sheriff and lives in the area with his wife and his and his daughter runs uh, Ashley Grooming just north of town and he spends a lot of time out there. Uh, I think he's stuck to the area. And then one's my brother, Darren. Um, he lives in West Branch and drives an hour every day to practice. He's not going anywhere. He loves being in Waco. Uh, he's been here 15 years. He just... He, he gets the uh, commuter award. He comes down every time. And then, then Alex is the one you're right. Alex is the one that could go someplace. Alex has a lot of passion and a lot of talent. Uh, he's, he's the head soccer girl soccer coach at Fairfield. Um, and he would be a big loss. But, you know, if he has an opportunity to go do something he loves and he can coach someplace else, you know, we, we'd support him. But, you know, we love having him on the staff and, and he does a great job. So, you know, and a lot of these schools, if you watch, you know, I didn't listen to, to Coach Parkinson's interview. 
Uh, I was, you know, just haven't been around lately. Um, but I get a lot of his assistants are the same way. They're, they're local people that have a lot of buy into the school. Uh, when you have peak staffs that have tie-ins to the community, tie-ins to the school, you know, that, that extra caring about the kids is what makes it work. Uh, you know, if you're just showing up for practice every night because it's a job, especially at the high school level, because the kids aren't as dedicated, you, you know, they just can't be. And that's just it. You have a lot of kids that are dedicated, but you have some fringe ones that are just out because they want to be part of the team and they want to be there. And you still got to coach those kids. And if you don't have a tie into the community, you don't have a tie into those kids and don't understand the relationship part of it, you know, you don't have the success. And I think every one of our coaches does a great job of, of relating to our kids. You know, I see them at other sporting events. I see them talking to kids outside of, of, of uh, the football practice. They do, a, they do a great job of relating to the kids. And, you know, like I, said, I can't say enough about this coaching staff and how hard they've worked and, and how this is, is really their, their honor also. Well, I think if you ever did have to face one of those guys, a head coach, it uh, might form a few beads of sweat on the back of your neck. Uh, <laughs> it sure would. I don't know how I'd face Chase's defense. Well, you, uh, that <laughs> I don't like. I don't like. I mean, I like the fact that we run it, but I don't like it when we we go against it. That you know, uh, Martinsdale ran something very similar to what not Martinsdale. Um, Remsen ran something very similar to what we run, um, and uh, it was tough. And you know, they had some toughness against us too. I mean, Chase did a great job of preparing us for that championship game. You know, we just had, you know, we just had some things go wrong that don't normally go wrong. We fumbled on the one and gave up a touchdown. We, we got a blocked punt. That was, you know, punts my special team that I'm in charge of, and I didn't make an adjustment quick enough there. Uh, you know, you know, just a couple things that went wrong. If it's if it's 12-6 at half or 12-3 at half, it's a lot different than it was, you know, where it was. But you know. As a coach, you can always go back and look at all the things that went wrong. Uh, you know, this was a great, a great effort by our coaching staff, a great effort by our players. You know, you talked about the community, um, the support for this team once we started making our run. And actually, it was there all season. But when we started making our run, uh, it was just amazing how many people offered to help the kids, you know, if it's a meal or help pay for hotel rooms or get us a charter bus or whatever. And we sent out all those thank yous because I had a list. Uh, I'm not going to list people now because I will miss someone. I guarantee it. Yeah. And I'm not wanting to miss anybody, but you know, our kids did, you know, our kids signed all our thank yous. We got those all sent out. We, 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 you know, acknowledge those guys privately, individually, but this community was great. Um, you know, in the dome, you're standing on the sideline, you're focused on the game, but you can sense the people behind you. You know, our semifinal game, I thought was incredible how many people were there. Then we turned around for the finals and there was even more, uh, you know, it was just a, a, a great experience, you know, obviously as a coach, you know, you, you wish the last game would have turned out better, but you, you got to look back at the season and say it was great. And, and it's just great to be in a community, uh, in a coaching staff, in a school that, that supports us so well. And, it's fun to work at, you know, this is my 22nd year here and I just can't see myself coaching any place else. Yeah. Well, uh, you mentioned that, uh, you have some great players. We want to talk about those players, but I want to talk about a, a player. You mentioned, uh, Jonah Clark, uh, from last year's team. Uh, he was a defensive player of the year. And, uh, when the season started, I, I had a, a long talk with Scotty Melvin about, I don't know, man, I said, that kid's going to be tough to replace. Uh, but maybe uh, some of the leadership, some of the workmanship, some of the the 
the fundamentals that Jonah Clark uh, uh, exuberated uh, through the years that the players you have played with him. What you think some of his leadership was involved in this year's team? Oh, I think so. Uh, I mean, I mean, probably the one thing that Jonah led us in the most was the weight room. Um, if you've ever met Jonah or have ever seen Jonah, Jonah is a workout fanatic. Uh, he will work out every day of the year. Uh, he still comes to me and says, hey, coach, can we go up and lift? Um, I don't lift with him, but I will go up and open the weight room for him and, and get him in there and let him lift. Uh, you know, he gets three days off from school. He's at home. He wants to lift while he's here. Um, you know, and that just that work ethic, uh, you know, Drew Deers and Odie Sheffenchuk are really good friends with with Jonah. And a lot of what Jonah did last year rubbed off on those two. And those two uh, really brought that mentality, the, the, the everyday work. Odie's the same way. I mean, Odie's is in the weight room anytime he can. Drew's the same way. Uh, you know, a lot of our kids are that way. We, you know, where Scotty sees all these guys are up at the brick house in Washington. And it's because, you know, the season starts and we're like, Hey guys, you know, we want to live two days a week. We want to, we want to, you know, sort of tone back on this. We want to make sure we stay healthy. And they all say, yes, coach, yes, coach. And then they, they go and lift up other places. Um, yeah. And if they're listening to this, I we all know they were lifting up there. Uh, we understood that. Um, but we also understood the fact that they could, they could, you know, make understand the coaches and say okay we understand what needs to happen there are some kids that can lift every day and you hear stories about like uh what is it bryson dechambeau or whatever the the and uh there was another golf or two that were lifting on you know finals day you know their their max squat day was on the sunday of the finals of the masters or something and they were in lifting and the thing is if you're lifting every day and that's what your normal routine is that's okay. Your, your body adjusts and your body reacts and your body knows how to, to work with that. And that's what ex, it expects. And so some of those kids to go lift five days a week, even during the season, I was okay with because that's what their body knew. And that, and I've seen it in the off season, but you know, if you take the rest of the kids, some of those kids need those recovery days, need those days to, to rest and not be in the weight room five days a week. Um, and if they were lifting here in our place, their, their leadership and their presence would, pull those other kids in and those other kids needed the rest days because they're just not used to it so we knew that was going on we just you know we just adapted to each kid individually and said yeah that's okay and we made it you know made it work and those kids do a great job of, of working with each other uh you know that's the biggest thing we're gonna have years to come is you know who takes over that mantle of drew deers Otis chef and shoot uh jonah clark who's the next kid that says you know hey the weight room's important to us and we all have to be in here and we have to work while we're in here and we're not just you know, showing up to, to make it look like we want to be here. Um, you know, and, and who in these younger classes takes that mantle over and, and becomes a leader is what's going to determine where his team goes in the future. Well, last year's team was less than 30 seconds away from going to the state uh, uh, tournament. And uh, do you think maybe there was some extra gas in the tank because of that? Was there uh, a determination to not let not to fall that uh, uh, just that little bit short this year. Oh, a little, but I mean these guys. I mean that game was some of it, but I mean they just had you know this group had always had this as a goal. Uh, you know, you know, and from day one we talked about it. You know, as coaching staff with the kids every week, it's just another game. It's just another game. You know, it, it got to the quarterfinals, and they tried to dump water on me on the field, and I just stopped and I said, "Stop! This isn't our goal." You know, we want to get to the, we want to get to the finals. We want to win it all, you know, and I really pushed hard that 
there was no accumulation until that final game. You know, we didn't want the fact that we made the dome to be our goal. I, I really felt in 2010 when we went to the semis, when we made the dome, that was the accumulation of everything. You know, we made the dome. That was our that was our next step. You know, our our our, our model that year was the next step because we lost in the quarterfinals the year before there also, and we set a next step. And so we worked so hard, and we got to that semifinal game, and I just felt that our kids played like that was the culmination to it. You know, and maybe the coaching staff coached that way too, that we coached that, hey, we made the dome, this is what we wanted, this is what we wanted. And we didn't see it as an opportunity to play in the finals. And so we really worked hard this year at – we want to make the finals. We want to, you know, we want to get as far as we can possibly get. The dome's not good enough. We want to keep going. And I thought the kids did a really good job of that. I mean, you know, we were very calm, very relaxed against Newell Fonda. Um, the coaches did a great job of keeping the kids focused on, hey, this is just another opponent. Here's our scouting report. Here is what they want to do. We, you know, this that plays right into our hands. We can stop this like this. We can stop this doing that. And, I think it just really, you know, the whole mindset all year was just one more, one more. We'll get one more. You know, even when we went to Tri-County, I mean, everybody in the world knew that we were going to beat Tri-County. Uh, you know, they were down. They had 13 kids or 12 kids or whatever, um, you know, and our kids just went and, and played. And, you know, they did stuff that was really, really, you know, that makes a coach happy in terms of, of sportsmanship. Uh, you know, we could have really just pounded them hard and and, and made a, a, a spectacle of it. And our kids did it. They they went out. They 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 played hard, but yet they showed some class and they showed the, the determination that they needed to, to to be a decent team. And you know, um, you know, I just can't say how proud I am of this team, this coaching, of everything, of this coaching staff, of everybody in this in this area. And, and it, it was a special season. And, you know, we got a lot of kids coming back. Uh, you know, we don't, we lose a ton. We had, we had 11 seniors uh, and an 11 man team to have 11 seniors. That's a ton, but you know, we have kids coming back. It's not like the cupboards bare. Uh, you know, we have kids that want to work at this. We have kids that, that are, that are athletic. Um, you know, we're going to be a good team. And it's just a matter of, of getting some of the younger kids that, that played JV that didn't get varsity time because of all the seniors we had to step up and play varsity next year, you know, and those first couple games are going to be tough because they're going to be young kids that, that haven't seen this action before. <clears throat> Excuse me. But there, there's a lot of talent there. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talent for years to come and, and we're excited. Well, uh, coaching is about getting a play, finding your, the, the players abilities, find out what they can do and utilize them in, in, in that specific way. And also we talked about communication, you know what I mean? It, you, you just can't communicate the same way to two different people. You know, I mean, each guy, you have to kind of adjust your, your, the way you tell a player things so that person gets it. And then another kid, you got to tell a different way to, to, to get it. But uh, it does seem like with all the help that you had, and, and that was something Lindell Sully also had was a big staff of, of volunteers and coaches that, that, that helped them and that, that they were indispensable. Like here, but let's talk about some of these great players that you got. And, I'm going to tell you the the player I thought that made the most athletic play, not just of your team this season, but every team this season, was a, a housing gay on an interception where he just originally yeah that, inter that, that interception in English Valley was 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 special. Uh, that was 
you know, I'm not one that, that tweets out a lot. I don't, you know, I'm not a, a big social media guy. Uh, but I was watching that tape on, on Saturday morning and I watched that clip and just how incredible that was. And that was one that I had to, to put out on social media for everybody to see because that was a special, a special, a special catch. And you are correct. He is super athletic, um, only a sophomore. We get two more years of him. Uh, you know, this year he played basically defense. Uh, he, he played our fullback in our I formation and, and ran the ball there, but he was a, a defensive guy mainly. And next year that's not going to be the case. I mean, he's going to be a full-time offense and a full-time defensive guy, and, and people are going to know who Loudon gay is, I guarantee you that. Well, I, I'm, I just remember watching that. I watched it like five times, and each time I, I was more amazed than the time before. Uh, that was uh, – but you had, uh, you know, Mason Miller. Talk about him. I mean, what what's he mean to your, to your backfield there? Oh, you know, anytime you get 18, 18 picks in two years, I think he had 19 total. He had one as a sophomore. Uh, actually, I take the back. I think he had one as a freshman and then didn't get one as a sophomore, and then he had two, two nine years in a row. Uh, you know, that's a big, that's a big thing to take off. Um, you know, that's a that big shoes to fill. And, and I honestly, you know, the guy that's going to have to do it is his brother. Uh, Clayton's done a great job for us. Uh, he's, he's two up on Mason already after his first two years. He, I think he has three interceptions instead of just the one. So he's going to become the guy that has to, to take that over. Um, you know, another one of those kids that that's super athletic. Uh, you watch him on the basketball court. Uh, and he, he, he's just an, an athlete, and he's going to do a lot of things for us. Um, he's probably going to end up playing some quarterback for us next year, uh, him or Reese. Uh, you know, Reese was a quarterback his freshman year, and the last two years, because of how well Isaac has played, he's just sort of moved to that halfback spot. So, you know, next year we'll have a, a – I think we'll have a good competition. I think everybody assumes it's going to be Clayton that steps in at the quarterback, but – Reese did a really nice job at quarterback as a freshman. And I think, um, you know, it'll sort of be a, an Isaac and, and Simeon thing where Reese might play some running back, but he has a very good chance of playing some quarterback if we need him to also. So, you know, there's there's a lot of talent coming back, like I said. Well, uh, you, you've got a lot of, uh, of stars, and we're going to talk about them. But, uh, uh, you know, Miller, the thriller there, did a great job for you. Uh, but I want to talk about, uh, Cole Last and Hildebrand. Uh, every you know, a lot of people are telling me we're not talking about him, and we we need to give him his props and things. And uh, I kind of started looking into him. What a player he is! He is, and I tell you what, Cole's one of those guys too <laughs> that you know we talked about the whole "we before me" mentality. Um, how what's best for the team is what's going to happen, and. Cole really embraced that. Um, you know, he was he he could have been a defensive lineman for us and played uh, every down and 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 put up some bigger numbers defensively too. But we needed him at center. Um, you know, we we were shotgun. You know, probably eighty percent of the time. And in shotgun, if your snap is not right on the money. Exactly right. I mean, the biggest way to end a drive, to kill a drive, is to have the the snap go over top of the quarterback's head and and lose 15 yards on a play, and all of a sudden it's second and, and 22 instead of second and seven. Um, 
you know, so we, he did a great job at center for us, sort of anchored that offensive line. And I just talked to him and said, Cole, I know you can play defense for us and you can help us, but you're going to help us most by being a center every down, being fresh, being able to snap the ball where it needs to be and doing your job there. And we'll get you some spot defensive stuff. And that's what we did. And he did a great job with it. Uh, did a, a great job um, pulling and kicking out on a couple of our, a couple of our, um, our uh, G scheme packages. We didn't do a lot of it, but we put Simon at quarterback and, and, and run a kickout scheme and Cole pulled on that. He was athletic enough at center to do that. Um, just did a really good job for us in there. And like you said, he doesn't get the, the notoriety because centers don't get talked about and he didn't play enough on defense to, to get his name called for, for tackles for losses or sacks or any of that. But uh, just did a really nice job for us this year. Yes. He might've led the team in respect be honest with you i i can see that he, he he was you know and at least from the coaching standpoint we really needed he needed him and he did a great job well let me just just go over just just the first team all staters you guys just, just that'll take us another half hour <laughs> uh yeah probably will uh you know we had we had some really good kids um you know we had two different all-state teams the the uh the what we have the IFCA and the print writers put one out, and that was the first one that came out. Uh, we had oh, you're gonna. I just want to make sure I don't forget anybody on here. Um, make sure I can pull this all up here. I got my computer here. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, and it sounds like a, a, a bad thing to have, but we had so many awards. You I just want to so make sure guys. that we, we get it right. First team, don't you? We had four. We had four kids on first team. Um, you know, and actually, it, it's funny because um, Drew Deers was first team All State linebacker for the coaches association, and you see this a lot in colleges too, where the the the, the press team doesn't always match the coaches team because when the coaches look at it, they look at some different things and they see some different things. And, you know, uh, Drew Deers was first team Iowa football coach association, all state. Um, and I had coaches talk to me all the time about, you know, what a force he was in the center. Um, but he didn't have the flashy numbers. He had good numbers. Don't know. He had really good numbers, but he didn't have the flashy numbers. He didn't have the flashy speed. You know, he wasn't playing offense in a position where, he got ball carries, so that that improved his lore. Uh, he just was a really, really good middle linebacker for us, and he was definitely a first-team All-State guy. Um, you well, know, some of the other – You know, Coach, I don't even look at statistics. I don't even care. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just look at the game, and I just watch with my eyes, you know, and I say, wow, that Cole Hildebrand's playing a great game. Wow. Mm -hmm. but I, D Drew Deers – it was just hard to keep your mouth closed. You know, it's always a gate, but watching him all year long. That kid well, just, uh, could that, really and place. The, and that's the thing is you watched him all year long. Uh, you know, it. he is just so consistent, so, so good in there. And, you know, if you just go watch just the semis or you watch just the finals, and he has a decent game, but he doesn't have an outstanding, you know, a dominating game, he doesn't get quite the press. So, I mean, he didn't make – some of the other uh, teams, you know, he didn't make the Des Moines Register All-State team. He didn't make a couple of the area newspaper team stuff, but he did a really, really good job for us in there. Um, you know, Colton Lichty was the one that 
you know, Colton Lichty and, and Mason Miller made um, both the register and the uh, coach association. And that was because, you know, not only are they really, really good players that, that did it all year for us, they had the, 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 the gaudy numbers, uh, you know. Colton having the, the five sack day against Newell Fond or four and a half sacks or whatever it turned out to be, uh, really put him uh, in the media's eye. And then, you know, and, you know, plus, you know, his, he set every record for us in terms of tackles for loss uh, on our board, uh, you know, career, he's only a junior and he has the career tackle for loss record and the career sack record. And, you know, the, the most in a game and the, the the most in a season and and he's just done a really good job at it and he was very well deserving and you know and, and Mason you know we already talked about Mason with his 18 picks over the last two years he was first team all-state last year you know first team all-state this year I mean you just don't see I mean I think the next closest guy in the state was like five picks uh you, know, you just don't see guys that have nine picks and then to have nine picks two years in a row it's just you know he just did a great job of of, of finding the ball, you know, doing a great job of covering his guy and then also being able to come off and get picks off of balls that weren't thrown to his guy. Um, and just did an overall really good job back there. And, you know, then the last guy that was on the all state teams was, was Simeon Reichenbach. Um, you know, he's all first team all state, uh, running back for both the IFCA print writers team and the Des Moines register team. You know, he had 14, 1,500 yards. I don't remember what the final total was, but it's somewhere in the 1,500-yard range. Uh, just an incredible thing. And then on top of that, he turned out, you know, he was the Des Moines Register's elite team. Didn't matter. It doesn't matter which class you're in. He was the Des Moines Register's kicker of the year. Um, you know, he had 11 field goals on the year, kicked a 49-yarder, uh, punted for us, kicked off for us, did a, did a great job there. Um you know, and you go watch him play basketball and you just see it. You know, he missed, I think he's played one, maybe two games out of the eight the, the basketball teams played because he's getting back from that, that little knee tweak that he had during the, the semifinals. Um, and he's just an athlete. You can just see him on the court. When he steps on the court, you know, we were really good before him. All of a sudden, he started playing again. It's like, holy cow. Now we're putting him back on the field, on the court with them. And, and that's going to make them super good too. You know, and, and those four guys, you know, they get all the credit. They, they made the all the all state teams, but they really um, they really deserved it. They were they were did a great job of of everything. Um, let's see, did I miss anybody? I think that's all the the all state guys we had. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and fill in some of the other guys you want to talk about. You know, the, we don't. You know, that maybe did. Tell me somebody on the team that did something that doesn't get stats and and everybody didn't notice and. Maybe he didn't start, but he came off. But some some little under the radar player that that you really appreciated. Well, I'll give you one right there. That's Ty Egley. Um, you know, and not only did he do a great job at tight end catching the ball, blocking, uh, and defensive end, because he had some great sack numbers too. I mean, you know, towards the end of the year, there, uh, him and Colton were were just battling for who could get the sack fastest. But the thing that really flies under the radar with 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 Ty was his long snapping. Uh, you know, he was our long snapper on punts and PATs. Um, you know, it just, his long snap was just so dependable. Uh, you know, and it's things as a coach that you, you got to, you don't take for granted, but sometimes you forget how good that is. Uh, you know, the block punt in the finals, 
we'd use that same punt formation against that same punt rush all year. And tie snap gets there so quick that Simeon can catch the ball one step and punt it and no one can get there to block it. Um, you know, in the finals, our, our long snapper was just not quite as quick. Uh, you know, it, it took a little bit longer for the ball to get back there. It was still on the money. It was still a, a good snap. It just wasn't as quick, and we ended up getting one blocked. Uh, you know, just little things like that where you, you don't think about how much that helps. I mean, PATs, his snap uh, was back there on the money almost every time. You know, a couple of the PATs that we ended up scoring two on were, were balls that rolled. But for the most part, tie snaps were just dead on. Simeon had timing with it. He'd, you know, snap the ball, get the kick. Um, you know, and that long snap from Ty was was just so important. And, you know, that's something next year we got to really work on is, is finding a kicker. And not only finding a kicker, but finding a long snapper that's as consistent as Ty. And Ty's done it really well for us for two years. So that's going to be a tough one to replace, you know. And, and that, you, know, you talk about under the radar, you know, most people don't worry about long snaps. But as coaches, we do. And, and that's something we got to replace. Um, you know, Reese Oswald. Uh, didn't start either way towards the end, but he is such a key component. I mean, he was our, our, our D back that came in and made numerous plays in the semifinal games to knock balls down in the second half against Newell Fonda uh, when Simeon couldn't play and we moved Odie back to linebacker. Uh, did a great job there. You know, just bided his time at running back behind Simeon. Uh, you know, Simeon got a lot of carries and and Reese is a different style, but when you watch him run, he has he has an elusiveness that's that's really good. And I mean, it's he's going to be a big part of our offense next year too. Um, Chase Waterhouse, uh, you know, when you talk about defensive ends, you you talk about Ty and and Colton and, and all their stats and stuff. But Chase rotated with Ty every every series. Uh, you know, Chase was Chase had two big sacks against Newell Fonda. You know, the last one to end the game was was Chase, and he had one at the end of the first half that, that ended the end of the half and didn't let him in the end zone. Uh, you know, and he plays offensive line for us and does a great job. You know, he didn't make a whole lot of, of all media teams just because we had so much else around him that was, you know, in more stat-worthy positions, as you want to say. But, uh, you know, he'll do a great job there. Um, you know, Isaac was very similar to Cole. Uh, Isaac Oswald did a great job at quarterback for us this year and was probably our second best D-back. Uh, you know, going into the season, he probably was our second best D-back right behind Mason. And we just did not pull out, well, not we, the, the defensive back coach just wanted him to play. But me as, as the head coach said, no, he's our quarterback. He, he's, uh, and that was something I think I learned from Bob Jensen from Mount Pleasant a long time ago when I was an assistant coach at Washington and played them, they used to have some really good athletes at quarterback. Um, and they just want to play him on defense because they needed him at quarterback. And we were sort of that way with Isaac. Uh, you know, I wanted him to play quarterback for us. I thought he'd do a great job at quarterback, which he did. And we just didn't play him on the defensive side very much. We just said, you know, you're, you're a guy that we need to be here. And, and just like Cole didn't say a word about it, just, just did what he was asked to do to help this team be really good. And it was, it was, it was fun. Um, I don't know. I'm probably missing someone in here. You know, we didn't talk about Odie. Um, you know, that was sort of a, I want to say a gift, but I mean, just sort of a, a freak situation for us, for him having, you know, him staying a second year. Uh, you know, we feel for his family. Uh, you know, we, we try not to talk about, it. I've talked to Odie about it before and, and stuff and, and, 
you know, he, he, the more we talk about it, the more he thinks about the condition they're in. So he knows what's going on there and he, and he's, he's conscious of it, but we don't, we didn't discuss that too much. And, you know, just for him to be able to come out here and, and, and play and, and have fun and, and be a big part of our team, uh, you know, that speaks to his athletic ability too. If you look at a kid that's never played football before two years ago when he came here as a, as a 145 pound junior and, you know, the work ethic and everything to put on the weight, to put on the muscle, to become a, a very good uh, blocking tight end, catching tight end, uh, played linebacker, D-back for us. You know, he did a ton. And it, you know, just was the, the piece that this class, this senior class really, you know, needed. Uh, you know, Cody Graber, another kid, you know, had a little trouble with at camp this summer. We went to a football camp and he didn't even tell me, but he sort of tweaked his knee at his football camp this summer. And he just kept thinking it'd get better and get better. And it never did. And he ended up, you know, missing some, some of the first two or three games uh, because of, uh, of a quick cleanup in the knee that he did on the first day of practice. And, um, you know, he came back and helped us in our spread set, you know, at six, six, he was a very tough matchup. I mean, I think he was third or fourth in the team in number of catches. Um, you know, we, we, we throw the ball up to him. He, he did a really good job of catching short little possession routes, uh, did a really nice job for us. You know, he was another one of those kids that was actually a better defensive player than um, people saw. He just couldn't get on the field because, you know, there were kids ahead of him that were better and more physical. But when he did play, he did a really nice job there too. So, uh, you know, and you're going to see all these kids shine and it doesn't matter if it's the wrestling matter, you know, obviously our basketball team's really good right now at eight and oh, and a lot of these kids are playing there and it, it's just a, a, a great group of kids, you know, these, these juniors and seniors and, and a couple sophomores that played for us. And, you know, it's, it was a fun year and, and, you know, looking back on it is, is really good, but, you know, as coaches, we're starting to look to next year and, we're excited for it too, and, and hopefully basketball will be as amazing as football was for us. Well, for a kid that athletic to come from Ukraine or China or or Germany or the Netherlands or whatever to get assigned to uh, Wayland, Iowa, is uh, a miracle, and I think it's proof there is a God and He loves you, Coach, uh, <laughs> to help you out. But let's I I I, I know we, we talked a lot about this, but I want to talk. I want to kind of end this up with asking about your journey as a coach. You know, I mean, tell me about you, the player. I don't know if you played college or, or how did you transition from player to coach? What was your journey as a coach? You mentioned one of the other places that you coached at and, and when you, and, and what was the events 22 years ago that led you to become the head coach of Waco Warriors? Well, my, I, I did not play college, ball. I played, I played, uh, um, football for high school at Clarksville, which is an eight man school. Now it wasn't at the time, obviously we didn't, you know, back in the eighties, that was a while ago, not, not as old as it seems, but it was a while ago. And, um, I just was always going to go to the university of Iowa. I went to Iowa. I, was, I wanted to be a teacher and a coach. Um, you know, I probably started drawing plays in play in, 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 um, notebooks and, in junior high, high school already, you know, designing plays that I thought would work and, and just always enjoyed that. And, you know, I had a couple stints. I was at Bell Plain for, as an assistant coach for a year where I met my wife. Uh, that was probably the, the biggest 
uh, coaching job I ever had was if I wasn't at Bell Plain, I never would have met Amy. Um, you know, so that was a, a big thing for me. Uh, we moved over to Illinois. She taught in Clinton, and I taught in, in a little town called Amboy, Illinois, who, who, which is funny. As I look through the Illinois State uh, stuff, Amboy, Illinois, which was my first you know, real coaching job, well, second real coaching job, um, finished second in the state in eight-man this year also. Uh, they lost to West Central uh, in the finals of the Illinois eight-man championship game. So it was sort of symmetrical there. And then I was at Washington for five years. I went to Washington, coached under Lloyd Sisko, who everybody from Wayland here, you know, Lloyd was a, a very good coach here at Wayland, really got the program um, started in the right direction. Um, coached the 72 team that also made the semifinals and lost by one point to Radcliffe. And all those guys that were on that team that are listening, they don't want to talk about that game. But, um, you know, that was an incredible team too. Um, you know, so as a Washington and – you know, Washington's not very far away, and it, it's it's sort of funny because I was at Washington as a math teacher, and we had uh, one of our veteran teachers retire, and I was on the hiring committee, and there was a guy from Washington who coached at Waco here, or taught at Waco here for me, he was Thomas Langer, who we hired to go to Washington, and didn't think anything of it, just he was a good math teacher, and he was going to be part of the, the group, and it turned out when we hired him in Washington, that opened up a math position at Waco, and about a month and a half later, Lonnie Powers took the job at Knoxville, so there was a football and math opening down here. And I always wanted to be a head coach, so I said, well, I'm going to try it. Um, you know, I came down here in the, the spring of, of 2001 and interviewed for it and got the job, and, you know, it's changed a lot. I think I said on, I don't know if it was on your podcast or on, on a radio show or whatever, you know, kids that had me in the early 2000s wouldn't recognize practice. And, and it's, you know, I've, I've developed so much as a coach over the last 22 years, how things, you know, just things that used to just set me off. And I used to scream and yell and, and be all frantic about things. I, I can now take in stride and understand it's just kids. It's, it's, you know, they're not trying to make mistakes. They are doing their best it's just, we got to coach them better. Um, you know, and that's, that's sort of been our philosophy over the last, you know, 10, 12 years. We had some, we had some rough times. Um, you know, people that aren't from the area, if you look back at the last 10, 12 years, about the last 10 years of Waco football, you know, we've struggled at times and, you know, this looks to be, Oh, we're, you know, this is a, a team that's been down. That's, that's really good now. And they're, they're, you know, they're, they're doing something different. Well, no, we're not. We're, we're, we've always been a good team. We just had a couple down years, you know, in the, in the history, in the 62 years of Waco football, I think we've had eight losing seasons. Um, you know, there's a lot of football tradition here in Waco. Uh, I'm, I'm honored to be part of it. And, you know, it's just been a, a, a situation in which I can really, uh, be grateful to the community. You know, I still have, I still have people in the community that call me coach that I never coached. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, I, yeah, I see guys up town and say, Hey coach, how's it going? And you know, it seems weird, but you know, that, that feels good to coaches. You know, we coach for a reason and to have people say stuff like that, you know, to, to call you coach, that, that's a, that's a, a sign of endearment. Uh, you know, it, it means you're doing something right. 
if you weren't coaching correctly and, and getting kids to do what they're supposed to do. And, and I don't mean just on the field, but I mean off the field. Uh, if you don't get that type of connection with the kids in the community, then you don't last. I mean, that's that's the reason I've lasted 22 years here is because the community has such a connection, and I feel I have a connection to it. it it's really been special. Well, whether we're players or parents or sitting in the stands or listening on the radio or, or just living in town, you know, coach is just somebody that's on our side. Maybe somebody on the sideline and not directly in our life, you know. And when they call you coach and when I call you coach, that's what I mean. You know, I mean, you're somebody that's on my side and, and uh, we appreciate you. But you uh, you took over 22 years ago in 11-man football, right? Yeah, we, we well, that was one of the toughest things. Uh, you know, we switched to eight-man six years ago, uh, six or seven. I think this is our seventh year of, of eight-man football. And, you know, we probably did it two years too late. Uh, our last year in 11-man, we had um, 19 kids on the team. You know, it's tough to play 11-man football with 19 kids. We had freshmen and sophomores having to play varsity football that shouldn't. Uh, you know, and if we would have went to eight man two years earlier, I think we would not have had the, the law that we had. Um, uh, you know, we struggled at times because we didn't have kids out. We had kids that had to play as freshmen and sophomores that didn't go out as juniors and seniors because they got physically beat up as freshmen and sophomores and didn't enjoy the game. I mean, they didn't like the game because they were, they were, they shouldn't have been playing where they were playing. And, you know, once we, you know, laid it out for the people and, you know, that was that was tough for some of the people in town, you know, that that wanted 11 man to stay because 11 man was what football was. Um, but I think they understood once when I talked to them and they listened um, that I had what was best for the kids in mind. You know, we could have stayed 11 man. Um, you know, North Mahaska is in a very similar situation. North Mahaska has been playing 11 man for about the last four or five years when they could have went to eight man and they've taken some lumps over the last four or five years because of it. Um, you know, but the community understood that I had our kids best interest in heart and that, you know, not playing freshmen and sophomores on the varsity, unless you want to, you know, Loudenhausen Gay has played a ton of football for us the last two years. Um, you know, going back ways, Travis Temple played a lot of football for us as a freshman and a sophomore. Um, you know, Brendan Greaser played as a sophomore. You know, we can list all these kids as sophomores that played. Chase Ross started every game of his career here, freshman through senior year. Uh, you know, those are kids that we wanted to play and had the physical ability to play and needed to play. And those kids can. That's great. But when you have a kid that is only playing because you have no one else to play in front of him, and you have a 14-year-old freshman going against 18, 18-year-old seniors, it, it's just not a good situation. And, you know, by going to eight-man is what really has allowed us to take those freshmen and sophomores off the field, let them play JV like they should be playing against kids their own age, and, and develop into football players and develop into to, um, a great team. Well, uh, you were not exactly an eight-man genius the first couple of years, were you? No, it took a while to get learned. I mean, actually, we knew the fact that we had to tackle better and we had to block better, and that was the whole key. Uh, you know, the schemes come along. 
Uh, you know, I think our scheme's better now than it was six years ago. Um, you know, and, you know, you get runs like this. You know, in, in 2010, we made the semifinals. We had a really good group of seniors. And, you know, this isn't saying anything against those other group of seniors in between, but, I mean, when you get runs like this that that end in successful playoff runs, it's because of your senior leadership. Um, you know, and not that last year's, you know, two years ago, seniors, when we only made the quarterfinals, wasn't good. They were good, too. Once again, a good senior class. We made the quarterfinals. I mean, it's it takes a little extra to go that extra step. And, you know, and you don't get it every year. And when you get them, those are special years, and, and you just um, you ride the wave, and, and hopefully next year, you know, our seniors step up, and, and we have the same thing. You know, it, it's, it's just a, a matter of continuing to do what's right and, and getting kids to, to play the right way. And, and, you know, I say this to kids every day, and sometimes they look at me, I think they're crazy, but almost every day I say, hey, have fun. Football's a great game. Uh, I love it. You guys love it. You're out here. Just, just have fun. You know, do stuff that have fun. The more fun you're having, the the better you're going to play. And, you know, just go out and have fun and, and play football and, and enjoy what you're doing. Well, uh, I want to talk about the community. I want to start with the broadcast. You got a great broadcast team. You got great video. Uh, it was improved from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. Uh, talk to me about that and then expand out into uh, this uh, Kauffman Center that you got, which was provided by a member of the community. Places like Eichelberger Farms that have been supportive of Waco. Let's let's just end up on on that kind of a note. Sure. Um, you know our our Warrior Cast is is huge. Uh, you know we started that uh, as just radio only. Uh, a company out of uh, Minneapolis was doing it. We had the Warrior Cast. It was just radio. In uh, about two years ago. Uh, Paul Kissel and Kalen Duvall came to us and said, you know, I think we can go, we can go with video. Uh, they'd gone to Springville. I think it was. And Springville had gone away from just audio and had gone to video and put commentators with it and, and did some things. And, and those two really spearheaded those two do a great job. They find uh, people to do announce. We do basketball, we do football, we do wrestling. Um, and they go home and away. Uh, you know, they'll, we, you know, the, the booster club has, has bought into this as part of it. They help fund it. Uh, we also get sponsors. If you watch the, the broadcast, we have some some really cool commercials. I, I mean, um, Paul Kissel's son uh, Drew, who was a play, basketball player a couple years ago, played football for us. Also, um, is into the you know trying to get into the movie industry. Uh, does a really nice job. If you watch his videos. Uh, his, his commercials on there, those are incredible too. Uh, you know, and they find guys that want to do it. Mark Janicek, uh, son Tucker played for me. Uh, oh, I don't know, back in the early, early teens. And, um, you know, Mark does a great job on the call. He understands football. He understands the kids from the area. He knows the kids, their families. Uh, he does a great job. Uh, Kalen Duvall's filled in some. Paul likes doing the, 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 the road games for us too, but uh, he, at home he's our PA announcer. Uh, he does a great job for us at the, as the PA. Um, you know, they, they just do a really nice job. And, you know, and most of the time when the video's not working, it's not their fault. Um, when they go to away schools, some tech people are not willing to give us access to their dedicated 
teacher Wi-Fi. You know, when you go to a school, there's a guest Wi-Fi and there's a, there's a staff Wi-Fi at almost every school because the staff needs to be able to get and do things on the Wi-Fi. On the guest Wi-Fi, anybody can get onto. So when you do that and you can set up before the game and you can have perfect connection and everything's working great, well, then 700 people come to the game and they all attach the Wi-Fi on their phone. All of a sudden, there's no bandwidth to, to broadcast the game on anymore. So almost every time that there's issues with the, the camera or the you know the, the lagging and that kind of stuff is always wi-fi issues uh you know they do a really good job of of, of putting a product out there you know you, you need to tell that because our home games are usually better than our our road games but you know they do a great job um you know we you talk about mark kaufman and the kaufman center you know mark was a graduate of waco uh, went to the University of Iowa, got his athletic training degree, is, has founded Athletico um, Fitness Training or Athletico Physical Therapy. Uh, you see them all over the place. They're in Mount Pleasant. They're in the Quad Cities. They're in Chicago. They're in Phoenix. They're in Indianapolis. Uh, you know, they're starting to pop up more places in Iowa. You know, he, he's a very successful alumni, uh, you know, very grateful to the school. Did an uh, awesome thing by providing us with the weight room. You know, it's just an environment that the kids love to be in. You know, we talk about our kids being in the weight room and wanting to be there. You know, most of the kids want to come to the weight room instead of going other places because our weight room is so nice. Uh, you know, it has everything they need. It has, uh, you know, it's an atmosphere that is that is inviting. Uh, it's it's fun to be there. It's fun to be with the group that's there. And they do a great job of working out on it. We can't thank uh, Mr. Kaufman enough for that. Uh, you know, it was just, you know, as a gift to us. At the time we needed it, uh, you know, we just really needed that at the moment. Uh, our weight room, we go back into what used to be our weight room in the school, and I look at that and say, I don't know how we ever put a team in here to lift. Uh, there's a reason kids didn't want to come lift. It was a hole. It was small. It was, it was not an inviting place. And, you know, this has just been awesome. You know, and you talk about Eichelbergers. I mean, you, you know, they do a ton for us. There's there's a ton of people in the community that that just do a great job. You know, we talked about this once we made the playoff run. How many people came forward? You know, it's just the community does a great job of supporting us. And it's not just football. It's all our sports. It's our band program. Um, you know, we have our, our play and, and the gym will be relatively full for it. I mean, the, the community and, and the people really believe in Waco. Uh, you know, they, they, they enjoy supporting the kids. They enjoy being part of the community and, you know, and I think they take pride in what we do. You know, when we succeed, they feel that they're succeeding. And which one are we doing? Where are you, how, yeah, where the, the, the Kaufman Center, it, 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 it don't just help the, the high school players. I know uh, some seniors and some, well, some people my age and, and that are using that gym oh. too, uh, to kind of stay in shape. And those commercials, they're, they're so well put together and they really show Wayland, don't they? They show the spirit of Wayland, the hard work ethic of Wayland. They show, uh, they just show a beautiful picture of a community uh, through the commercials on on your Waco cast. Uh, yeah, go ahead and talk about uh, uh, whatever else you want to finish up saying. Well, I mean, I just you know the, the whole town. I mean, the whole community, all three towns. You know, and finally, I contacted the state and I finally said, "Hey, can we get the Wayland off of the Waco Wayland?" You know, we have the dome for the semifinals, and it says Waco, comma Wayland. And I understand that's how the state used to identify schools because they needed the, they wanted the town that the school was in. 
but you know, I kind of think said, Hey, there's, there's olds in Crawfordsville and, you know, and Noble and, and all the, you know, Brighton people. And I know Brighton's officially Washington, but you know, we, we're, we're a Waco community. Um, and so, you know, for the championship game, the, the state took the Wayland off and it was just Waco. Uh, you know, and I think that is, is that is key. You know, it's, it's the whole Waco community. Uh, you know, we just do a great job of supporting everything. And it's just, you know, it's, it's just like I said earlier, it, it's a pleasure and a joy to, to be able to coach and, and uh, coach and teach too. You know, I got to teach the rest of the year too, coach and teach in a community that's so supportive and, and it's just, it's just been fun. Well, uh, your dedication, uh, has, uh, you know, you achieved a lot this year, but you know, uh, uh, I'm just going to give you an example of a, a coach. I thought, you know, was, uh, could be considered a coach of the year for what he did. Uh, Chuck Banks down there at central Lee, uh, they lost uh, every game for three years in a row. And then this year they win three games. It ain't always a state champion that's the greatest coach, is it? No, it's not. Uh, you know, at the IFCA Football Coach Association, I'm a member of it. Every year, there's a name of form where you nominate people for for Coach of the Year, um, and we have regional coaches of the year too. And and you know, I, I almost every year I nominate someone that you know that didn't make the quarterfinals or finals or whatever, because there are teams exactly right. You know, uh, Scott McCarty couple years ago did a great job over at Winfield and, and really you know I thought he had a great year and you know and I nominated him I don't know if he I can't remember if he got it or not but you know just different things like that Kevin Smith at at HLV does a great job year in and year out and you know you know there's a lot of coaches that don't make the finals that deserve coach of the year recognition um you know like I said I'm honored to have this but I mean there's a lot of coaches out there doing a lot of good things and you know, football in, in Iowa is, is still pretty strong. I think we got a, a good founding, and um, there's a lot of people doing a lot of good things in the state. Well, I'm going to name a couple of uh, area coaches that I, I'd like to just recognize as outstanding coaches, and then I'll let you uh, uh, say some names of some other coaches that you, you admire and think we're doing a good job. I'm going to go with Coach Lequa there in uh, Columbus Community Schools. Uh, Tremendous season for them. They they kind of uh, 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 really reestablished themselves as a big power over there and, and lift that community up. Coach Weber uh, at Pekin School uh, uh, took over a team that lost every game last year, and then uh, after two years implementing that, they they got three three wins and uh, won uh, three out of four games at home this year. So uh, those are a couple of great coaches. Uh, 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 Coach Jensen there in Sigourney is always a, uh, does a great job. So what what are some of the coaches around here that you admire uh, uh, and you thought really did a good job with the talent level that they had? Well, I mean, you know, and all those coaches that you brought up, I mean, the key there is the relationships. Uh, you know, when you listen to them on podcasts or you listen to them on, um, you know, on the radio or, or whatever, or, or read an interview in the newspaper and you hear them talk, it's the relationships. Uh, you know, it's, it's the relationships that they have with their kids and what they're teaching their kids. And that's what makes teams great. And the winning will come. Uh, you know, I think that's something I've learned a lot in my 22 years is, you know, when I first started coaching, I thought it was all X's and O's, you know, it was always the scheme that was going to win. You know, you had to, 
you had to practice for two and a half hours. You had to make sure the scheme was right. You had to make sure everything was very right. And I've really realized the fact is, you know, it's the relationship with the kids. Can you, can you get the kids to react and do the things that you need them to do? Because not only do you care about them, but they care about you and they trust you. You know, it's not just, here's someone telling this, you know, all these coaches that you've talked about, you know, the ones I mentioned earlier, these are all coaches that have relationships with their kids. Uh, you know, that's where it starts with. And that's what coaching is all about. Uh, you know, going out and, and doing something to enjoy. Don't get me wrong. I have to remind my coaching staff all the time. The six of us love football more than three fourths of our team. You know, the three fourths of our team is out there because it's the fall. You play football and then in the, in the winter, you go wrestle and play basketball. And you know, it's just what you do. And we live and think football year round. Um, so I remind my coaches all the time, you know, not every kid loves football as much as we do. Uh, so you just have to find a way to develop that relationship, to, to, to see the kids in another light and get them to want to compete for you. Um, and, and when that happens, that's when you get the year in and, and, and year out success. That's, you know, some of these teams that you're saying, you know, coach like what Columbus, he has that relationship. He's, you know, they're going to continue to get better. You know, you know athletes help. Uh, you know, having the the, the, the the two running backs that they had, which were, incre- you know, the Amagon kid and the Miller kid, which are really, really good athletes, you know, that helps too. But you, you also have to have those kids out. I mean, you know, you, you go to some bigger schools and you have some 4A kids, you know, some 4A schools that are that are not fielding JV squads and, and forfeiting varsity games because they just don't have enough kids out. You know, those schools have athletes in their school too, they're just not out because there's not the relationships being built. Uh, you know, teams that are in the, the playoffs and, and in the quarterfinals and finals every year, there's a relationship between their coaches and their players. And, you know, we keep working at it. Um, have I always done that? Great. No, I'm sure there's some kids that are going to listen and think that they didn't have the relationship they wanted with me. Um, I think I can get better at it. Uh, you know, but that's, you know, we ask the kids to improve every day and we talk about that as coaches, you know, we want to improve, you know, how can we get better at not only X's and O's, but how can we get better at coaching these kids? What can we do? Can we, can we, we say it differently? Can we, can we approach it differently? Can we do something different to make ourselves better? Well, uh, I'm going to close out with this, this kind of thought was, uh, you know, Scotty and Melvin and I, uh, started this podcast uh, covering high school basketball part of it and football and, and sports was because we felt like some of these schools didn't get enough uh, recognition, you know, or, or there wasn't anybody, you know, touting these kids or, or, or you know, that there was, but it was, you know, kind of diluted because they had so many, all the media has to cover 14 teams and it's, you can't really uh, focus on them. And, and we give everybody an opportunity to speak, uh, as long as they need to to, 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 to say the whole story. But I, I, I'd like to think that maybe Round Guy Radio had a little something to do with, uh, you know, uh, Mike Parkinson's getting a little recognition. You're getting a little recognition. Uh, Coach Leckwell getting a little recognition. Uh, uh, it makes it easier. The best compliment I ever had was from a parent from Cedar Rapids. Went to some big school, Washington or Jefferson or one of those schools over there. He's like, gosh, I wish our kids could get the coverage that you give their kids, you know? And I thought, wow, that really had, the, the tables really have turned, hasn't it? 
Yeah, and I think you guys do a really gr- a great job of that. Uh, you know, like you said, Southeast Iowa is your is your big listing area, and I, I it's you know I I thought that we've got really good coverage these last several years. And, you know, and, and you know, anytime anybody calls me, I'm always willing to um, you know talk about our kids. It's I'm just glad that you guys are willing to do it, and and it's 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 a great to think. Well, it, we need stories to cover. You know what I mean? It, it wouldn't be interesting. We didn't have stories to cover. And you guys were a wonderful story. Uh, I, I want to, you know, I want to thank the, the new London Tigers for winning the state tournament in baseball. You know, that was a wonderful story to cover. You know what I mean? To, yep. to have a team when this last man standing, you know what I mean? When there's just two teams, there's only two teams left in the state. Everybody else is sitting at home and, you know, and you and, and New London were the only ones to, to make it to that level. And uh, so though I thank you for that, for those stories. That's what's uh, grown us to almost 25,000 listeners here. And, uh, well, uh, gosh, Coach, I, I, uh, you did most of the talking, so you're going to have to go get a drink of water or something here. But uh, I will. That's fine. I, I sure yeah, enjoyed I talking to you. Congratulations on the win. Uh, and uh, let's uh, hope Coach Kissel uh, – does the same with the same uh, bunch of athletes. Uh, it's. Uh, I think. I think they'll have a lot of success, you know, and it's just going to be a, you know, sometimes it's it's the the luck of the draw too, of you know, you know, and that's one thing about basketball is the fact is, it only takes one bad shooting night and you're done. Uh, you know, in in football, if you you can't throw the ball, you can always try to run it, or you can always the other way around. If you can't run, try to throw. In basketball, there's only one thing: it's the ball's got to go in the hoop. So you know, we'll. We'll see. I mean, they're fun to watch. I tell you, I've seen most of their games, and if I don't go here, like you guys said, like you said earlier, I watched it on WarriorCast. Um, they they are fun to watch, and it should be an exciting season. Well, when you guys play, the stands are packed, and that's got to make a difference to the kids. And when that gym plays, and your gym has more seating than almost any of the gyms uh, uh, at that level, you know. I know you have more than Kyoto, and, but you got that extra section, and 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 uh, you got. I mean, you picked a great the, – the community picked you, and you picked the community as a good match because I just – I'm so enamored with uh, that Wayland Community School District or the Waco Community School District's support for – I don't care what it is. It seems like if there's a, a, a Christmas program for the kids or a piano recital or whatever, it's just always packed in there, isn't it? It is. It's, the, it's a great community to be a part of. Uh, you know, and there's a reason, you know, we have teachers, you know, I've been here 22 years and I'm way down on the seniority list. There's several, you know, there's four or five teachers that have been here longer than me. Uh, and it's because when you get here, you're not looking to go someplace else. You, you, you found a home, you, you, you found a, a, a culture that you enjoy working in. And it's just been a, a, a very, um, fortunate move for me and my family. Well, uh, where it goes, uh, very much like, say, uh, Mid Prairie School Districts, just seems like they're excellent at everything. You know what I mean? You're excellent yeah, at we, basketball. You're excellent. I mean, I don't. You, you probably got some great wrestlers. Uh, yeah, uh, we got a couple. I mean, we're, we're we're doing a lot of good things here. Uh, you know, if you you know, it's 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 fun to be part of the school. All right. Well, coach, we better just wrap this up. But uh, congratulations, eight man football coach of the year, Chad Edeker. Waco Warriors, uh, state went to the state championship game. Uh, great bunch of kids, great bunch of coaches. 
Uh, great community. Uh, thanks, everybody, for being with us, and thank you for being with us, Coach, and congratulations. No problem. No problem, Devin. Thank you for covering us. You guys do a great job, and I, I, we appreciate it. All right.